And yeah, what if I tried something like this? You know, maybe a little this. It's a little laid back. Maybe you want something a little heavier. Uh, well, probably not heavy, but you're now listening to. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Deanne Smith. I'm your host. If you listen a lot, you know how it goes. If you have never listened before, hello and welcome. This podcast is going to be a bit of a love fest. At least this intro is because there is so much going on, you guys. There's so much going on. First of all, let me tell you how much I love you because my life is crazy in a good way right now. And I'm really pleased with myself for getting this podcast out on time. I'm getting it out on time, guys. If, you, if you've been around, you know that that's kind of a big deal. And you know why I'm doing it? I'm doing it because I love you. I love you. And I want you to have this one. This one's great. Um, should I talk about my guest yet? I will. We're going to get into that. First, let me say this. You know, the, you know the section learn a thing? You know the part of the podcast where we learn a thing, you guys? It now has official theme music. If you've been listening, you know that I make my guests create their own theme music for learn a thing and some handle it better than others and it's always a kind of strange and awkward moment for everyone we now we have official we have official music it's so exciting it's so exciting you guys are going to hear it it's going to get in your heads it's goofy it's fun and it's actually quite well produced i'm rambling because i'm excited i've had two coffees and not a lot of breakfast and just psyched guys psyched you know who did the theme music patrick world we're going to call him Patrick World because that's how he put his artistic name on the little file that he sent me. And do you know who he is? Have you been paying attention to the podcast? He's the same dude that sent me my bottom dollar. <sighs> love this guy. I love this guy. We've never even met officially, but he makes me laugh via the internet. What a lovely, what a lovely person. You guys are all lovely. And you, you're, you're sending me emails, which is great. A few of you are checking in quite extensively. And I wish that I could write you back, but I'm not even writing back like my family right now. So sorry, sorry, but I'm, I'm reading them and I'm enjoying them. So thank you for your emails. I'll get back to you probably eventually, right? Will I? I don't know. There's a lot going on, you guys. I'll try. Should we talk about, let's talk about our guests this week. We'll talk about it briefly and then we're just going to jump into the podcast because this one is quite fun. So my guest this week is Carolyn Yates. I am not going to tell you more about her because halfway during the podcast, I just go, uh, what's your deal? So she'll tell you more about herself and her entire deal partway through the podcast. You can follow her on Twitter at C underscore Yates, which you should absolutely do. Let me call up her Twitter right now because there's good stuff happening on it. Where is she? Bam. The last thing she posted an hour ago was here's what to do if your activity partner really wants you to do a thing in bed and you're not sure you can do it. She posted a link. She's great. On Twitter, she calls herself uh, an academic editor and a freelance writer. And she is also auto straddles, not safe for work editor. Those are always amazing posts. Those come out on Sundays and they're fun. Carolyn Yates. What else about her? Oh, she has an amazing side project called Lesbian Sexting the Zine. Did you hear me? You heard me. Do you want me to say it again? Because I will. Lesbian Sexting the Zine. It features flirting and kinky sexy times and stuff like that. And you can find it at lesbiansextingthezine.bigcartel.com. You know you want it. You know you want it. Go get it. 
But first, listen to this podcast and enjoy, you guys. Thank you so much for hanging out. So our question is going to be, what's the worst sex? <laughs> I think it's a gr- I think it's a good question. Yeah. And then we'll just go. We can go things. with it. I like retold the story a few times last night to various people. So I was like, okay, what parts are boring? Oh, yeah. I'm just going to edit those down. You yeah. ready? I'm ready. Okay, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. The question is, what's the worst sex you ever had? So the worst sex that I ever had <laughs> was when I was a baby queer. Okay. And I had not had a whole lot of sex yet. And I had not had the and I had not had a whole lot of sex around the time that I was trying to have sex. Can we get real personal? How young is baby queer? I was I think twenty one. Okay. Twenty one or twenty two. I only like started having sex at all or kissing people at age twenty. And so it was like it was all pretty fast new. turnaround, but it was still new. Yeah, all very new. And so we'd had a few okay cupid dates and she was very much like a person from the internet in that she was new to the city and from California and we had no friends in common and there would have been no reason I would have ever interacted with her. And so it was like, oh, there's a stranger. Like, I'm going to have sex with a stranger. Okay. <laughs> Even though we'd had various OkCupid dates, we'd just not slept together yet for whatever reason, usually because the metro would close and she lived far away and I wanted to go home. And so there was one night and we were like, okay. Wait, I'm, I want to know more details. How many dates did you have? Probably about two and a half. Okay. So you kind of knew this person. Just a little, just yeah. enough, but not well by any means. Mm-hmm. And so I went to her house. And on the way to her house, I lost my cell phone and my wallet running for the bus. Like, it was bus, metro, bus to get there. And so between the metro and the bus on her end, at some point, my cell phone, smartphone, and my wallet flew out of my pocket. Oh, my goodness. And so, yeah. And I'm pretty blind at night, so I couldn't really see to look for it very well. And so I couldn't find it. And I got to her house. And instead of immediately jumping her, it was basically just like, can I use your laptop and your cell phone because I need to deal with a situation that is happening and so I did for about two hours and then I like finished everything that I could probably do at that point and I just kind of wanted to be in my own house with like with a scotch and silence and not people and probably not having sex but I was there and I'd already lost my phone in my wallet. And was the point of this date sex before you got there? Oh yeah definitely. There was very like explicit I guess overtones yeah. of sex date and so it was just okay we're gonna make this happen anyway even though even though it's awkward even though it's gonna be terrible yeah and it was it was terrible because another thing that now that I have had a lot more sex I know about myself but did not really explicitly could have stated at the time was that I really like to test people okay so I like more dominant people usually but I want to be able to push them around to see if they will push me around. Right. And great dynamic, by the way. Thank Love you. that dynamic. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I get really disappointed when I win. Right. And if it turns out that the person that I'm trying to sleep with is not into that also or isn't secure in kind of being more dominant or just like doesn't know what's going on then it can be really awkward, which definitely happened. So what <laughs> happened? I want details. So I threw her onto the bed, mm-hmm. at which point she looked at me somewhat confusedly in a way reminiscent of a kitten. <laughs> and then <laughs> I guess she managed to flip me over. 
And then I managed to flip her. And I might have flipped her off the bed at that point or at a different point. But anyway, there was just a lot of, like, (laughs) fighting for dominance. But it wasn't even good fighting because I just wanted her to win. But she couldn't tell that that's what I wanted. And neither of us were talking about it. We were just kind of doing it. So it was just the most awkward. And at some point, we managed to actually be naked and start trying to have sex and then Oral was suddenly on the table. Okay. And I didn't know her very well and was, you know, a young internet sex educated, but not really that educated baby queer. So I basically was like, oh, have you been tested and when? And do you maybe have any sort of dental dams or gloves that we could be using right now? Because I want to be really safe and responsible about this decision that we're making. And she kind of looked at me like I might be a little bit crazy and then said, no, she didn't. And no, she hadn't been. And we were both kind of like, well, and that would have been honestly a really great excuse to just stop and Mm -hmm. go out for dinner and go our separate ways at like 11 p.m. It would have been great. But instead, we mutually at some point and for some reason decided that cling wrap would be an acceptable alternative (laughs) to a dental dam. It is not an acceptable. (laughs) No. (laughs) Oh, this is great. I'm on the edge of my seat. This is a great story. It was just terrible. Do not ever use cling wrap as a dental dam, even if you fold it four times. Also, it's not like an actual safe barrier. So it was just bad decision all around. Um, And it was awful. It was just, oh God, it was so awkward. I just want everyone to hear this. I just moved the microphone more toward your mouth. Um, And... Yeah, and it did not stay in place. And yeah. so we didn't even end up having, like, fake safe sex. It was still, like, ultimately unsafe. But just – anyway, and she <laughs> – This is a great story. It's just, just terrible. Okay. And she came maybe two or three times, and I did not come at all. But I just kind of smiled softly in a way that I hoped obscured the fact that I hadn't come at all. I smiled <laughs> softly. And then we stopped – and then she really wanted to cuddle a lot. And so I was cuddled for several hours. <laughs> the way you put it is so funny. It was, not, it was not consensual cuddling. Right. It wasn't non-consensual cuddling, but it was not enthusiastically consented to. And her bed was, her bed was really hot also. So it was just, it was like lying there counting down until 6 a.m. when the bus near oh, her house opened. No. And, then, and then we went out to the bus stop at 6.01. She accompanied you like a gentleman. Yes, a bit like a gentleman. But then she hugged me from behind while we waited for the bus. No. And I was just, and it, which actually was a lot better than her seeing the expression on my face at that point. Holy cow. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then I got on the bus and then we didn't speak for several months. And then now we see each other probably like once every year and a half or so. And Wait, it's how do you have any contact with this person? Just from the internet. She okay. lives in a building that you can see out my window, actually. Like, but th- but th- did this happen in this city? Yeah, this oh, was in Montreal. Okay. I didn't know it happened in Montreal. Yeah. And so the metro was Bobian, so super fun metro to kick around at like 2 a.m. when you're looking for your phone and wallet that have flown yeah. out of your pocket. Um, and yeah, and it's also funny now because it turns <laughs> out that she is the biggest bottom and very kinky. Okay. And... I think, and I am obviously very kinky and very into rough sex, generally speaking, and it is funny that we could have, like, if our current selves had any interest whatsoever in ever pursuing that, which, speaking for myself, I do not, (laughs) then we could talk about our interests and like work something out like adults Mm -hmm. but at the time we were just both confused about why the kind of sex that we expected to have wasn't happening and it was just terrible. 
So it's perhaps a lesson in communication. Yes, communication is so important. A lesson in Actually knowing yourself. Actually talking about what you want yeah. and what you hope the other person wants in any way whatsoever before attempting to have sex. My goodness. I love that story. That's Thank great. Um, Do you have a worse sex story? You know, I was thinking about it because I knew I was posing the question to you and it seemed quite rude to not answer it for myself. But I don't, I don't think that I do. I certainly don't have anything that fun. Um, haven't had a bunch of random hookups. And the ones that I have had have turned out all right, actually. Um, yeah, my first sexual encounters were with my girlfriend, who I was like totally in love with. So we worked, we worked that out when we were young. Baby queers, as you put it. <laughs> um, I don't think I have had like horrible or horribly uncomfortable. Mm, no. It's nice to have one generally because then it's over because I'll, I'll also leave like now that i'm thinking about it i did have like a random hookup with a guy in mexico sure. uh, years ago i think i've mentioned it on this podcast before and um it wasn't bad it wasn't bad sex it was fine but then it was over and i just wanted to go yeah and so i just left yeah um leaving is key yeah leaving is great <laughs> <laughs> the weird thing was that he paid for the taxi when i left because i ended up like not having money or something it was late at night and then i was just like oh this feels weird that you're paying for my taxi after we just had sex but okay i still want to go home yeah. i'm not one for hanging around I guess. And that's when it gets extra awkward. That was making me cringe the yeah. most out of your story. It was like oh, yeah. being cuddled and then like being hugged at the bus stop. I'm like, no. Just like, no, I would like to leave now. I'd really like to have left about five hours ago, but you're a $50 cab ride from my house. So I guess this cuddle is going to happen. But oh goodness, I wish it weren't. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's really rough. Um, safe sex. How important is it? I was not expecting that to come up. I never have safe sex with lesbians. I do sometimes. Yeah. I do not every time. I get tested after every new partner or after every time somebody who I'm sleeping with sleeps with someone else because mm -hmm. non-monogamy. Um, and I use gloves sometimes because they make the cleanup easier. So you know, sometimes it's, oh, yes, I actually want to be safe. Like, I'm concerned about fluids. And sometimes it's, wow, my hands are really dry. It would be rude to stick them in your vag. So <laughs> I guess I'm going to use gloves because it'll feel nicer for both of us kind of situation. Yeah. Um, I use condoms with toys depending on the type of activity and depending on the partner and on the toy. Um, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I... I was just wondering, Sometimes, I was just curious yeah. how intense, because when you were like dental jams on the oral sex, I was like, no, are people, I mean, I remember that being a thing that people talked about. They but, give out dental dams at queer sex parties right? sometimes. Because but does anyone actually use them? I don't know. I mean, I have used them twice total. Cling wrap situation <laughs> aside. <laughs> does I not love count. the cling wrap. Um, and they have been, they're fine, but they're awkward and they kind of don't feel worth it at that point. Like whatever, like you can pretty much you have to kind of wedge yourself in there and support maybe I shouldn't gesture and support no I like that you're gesturing I wish everybody could see it <laughs> and support yourself and then hold the piece of latex in place which is they're bigger than you'd think they would be but they you know they're still kind of little yeah and they still don't really stay in place on their own and at that point I would rather just be using my hands yeah. or be having her use her hands and so yeah yeah Okay, so what do you think makes for bad sex in general? Oh gosh, well, not talking about it. Yeah. Um, if not before, then during, like, which was another one of the problems. Nobody said, oh, I don't like this. What if we just shift gears a little bit? Yes, let's use our words. There was no using of words. Right. Um, 
definitely, I don't know, sometimes you can just get a feel for somebody. And like I have slept with people who are mostly strangers and it has been much more successful than that was, even though technically I had more exposure to the bad sex story girl. Right. Um, because you can get a certain feel for a certain type of person sometimes, but generally there's like at least a tiny bit of communication and involved or it's just not necessarily successful. What, you know, we should have st- probably kicked off the podcast with this. But you, what's your whole deal? Because <laughs> you're like a sex something something. So I am the not safe for work editor at Autostraddle. I do know that. And yes. so I have zero formal training okay. as a sex educator whatsoever. Um, I learned how to lead workshops at ACAMP, which is Autostraddle's, I guess, annual camp at which I teach sex workshops about kink and stuff um, by going to like local sex shops, sex workshops, and just kind of not ripping them off, but definitely being like, oh, you focus on these areas in this way, and this is a really good way of showing this. And so I'm going to merge all of the ideas from all of these different sources into one and make that my sex workshop at a camp, basically. Oh, okay, I see. But even though I'd really like to get certified in some sort of professional capacity down the road, like in life, I'm an academic copy editor. And so probably... Becoming a full-on sex educator is not exactly a priority, though it would be a lot of fun. But yeah. so, so you're just real pervy. So I'm just real, yeah. <laughs> I spent a lot of time reading the parts of the internet that people are embarrassed to read at work. It's true. Um, excuse me. <coughs> so when you do, you edit the Not Safe for Work page at Autostraddle. That's every Sunday? Yeah. So it's just a link roundup every Sunday that happens of all of the links that I guess used to be we didn't want them all over the site all the time because people might get the wrong idea or advertisers didn't <coughs> like it or something. I'm not really sure what the official reason is. Yeah. Um, and now it's just things Carolyn read about sex on the internet this week. <laughs> so your whole deal is all week you're just reading about sex on the internet. Or in a six-hour block on Saturday afternoon. Depending oh, okay. On <laughs> I see. Where are some of your favorite go-to spots on the internet for sex info? Oh, that's a good question. Um, my favorite reviewer definitely is, oh gosh, I can't pronounce her name, but I think it's Heyphoria, or Hey Epiphoria, or something along those lines. Um, I can't spell it either, which is unfortunate. Yeah, this isn't helping anyone. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we could look it up. Yeah, we'll look it up. We'll look it up. Okay. Um, I spend a lot of time reading alternate because they tend to combine, you know, like, they have some original writing, but also a lot of republished things from The Guardian, and so it's just an easy source. Mm-hmm. Um, Violet Blue is really great for finding just links to all sorts of content as well. She's a sex and sometimes security and tech blogger, um, and so her stuff is always really interesting and slightly more adult industry focused than the stuff that we tend to use at Autostraddle, but like the kind of stuff I read for fun, even if I don't post, post it in the link roundup, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then... I'm a big fan of whenever the toast does any sort of sex content whatsoever. I am all over it, but I also read pretty much everything the toast publishes, so that is on brand. Yeah. Um, Jezebel is fine. It's good. They're getting better. Okay. I accidentally noticed that I read way more Jezebel sex content than I used to, so that's always a good sign. Yeah. What are other elements of bad sex, would you say? Not knowing Besides lack of communication. Yeah. I mean, I think... It's easy to sometimes have bad sex if you just really want to make it work 
but the elements to making it work are not there and which probably applies to relationships generally as well like oh you really want this and I am really not into that but I really want this but maybe we can just have sex anyway because you're pretty and you're here and let's just do it I'm sure it'll work out okay yeah and then it doesn't like just general incompatibility yeah in addition to lack of communication I mean sometimes people are just bad in bed too which is not always the reason that bad sex occurs but definitely sometimes part of it yeah the worst is when someone thinks they're good and they're not good like they don't take instruction or seem to be reading yeah body language and clues yeah it's like this is the thing verbal instruction yeah direction (laughs) yeah exactly i mean and also when nobody's asking for it like if nobody says oh do you like this or oh i really like when people touch me this way Mm -hmm. or oh i generally prefer this being as my safe word and by the way here's this paddle or oh like, this <laughs> by the way here's this paddle i love how you do things and by the way here's this paddle well and so that can also be a factor mm-hmm. you remind as we're talking about this i i realize that like i don't i don't feel like i've had a lot of bad sex but i think i've had moments where maybe if i at a certain point am not that into it and I'm doing something for my partner, I can kind of zone out and I go somewhere else in my mind a little bit where I'm like, oh, okay, when it, come on, when is this going to be over? But I stick with it like a little champ. But sometimes it's like, yeah, maybe not the, sometimes you should just call it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't always call it. Where do you go in your head? I don't know. Like, I guess, <laughs> I guess that maybe I just find the whole, that it's, the whole thing starts to become a bit absurd. Maybe I'll start to break down like, oh, this is what I look like, and this is what you look like, and this is what we're doing right now. Just not really being in it. Like a bird's eye almost yeah, of maybe. what's going on, and it just feels like weird. And... Yeah, it's just like, okay, come on, let's be done with this. Does that happen in situations where you're kind of trying to make sex about orgasms, or does it happen in more general situations? Now we're getting deep into it. I think it's only happened a couple of times, and I guess it would be about, like, yeah, wanting my partner to finish mm-hmm. and it taking a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel crazy saying this because what if like some future partner wants to listen to this? Is out there listening and they're like, like, oh goodness, what if I can't? What if I, what if it takes forever? I mean, as someone who definitely takes forever most of the time, I don't know, actually not a good example because I'm also fine with just not finishing scare quotes in the traditional sense. Yeah. Because I don't know, I have a lot of fun getting other people off and have mostly slept with people who are very easy. Here we go. Okay, guys, we had to pause. Carolyn was gesturing at me like, no, and I thought she was going to cough, which I was like, that's fine to do on the podcast. And what happened instead? You swallowed part of your tongue. You didn't swallow no, I it. I almost swallowed part of my tongue piercing. Your tongue piercing came undone, and she had to run to the bathroom and deal with it. Anyway, it's fine. It's back now. It's fine. So we don't fully know where we are. Your partners are easy to get off, is yes, I think where is, we were. <laughs> but even when they're not, I still just generally have a great time having sex with ladies, even if nobody is having an orgasm. Yeah. And so I don't tend to let it bother me. I would, I would like to put on the record that I generally have a great time, too. <laughs> I'm just when I'm when I'm searching through my brain for like bad sex times. I don't have any fun stories. I just have the occasional time that I might have zoned out. Well, what about good like, sex stories? Good sex stories. Do you have a good sex story? <laughs> I don't know. Privately, probably. 
Um, I don't know. Probably. <laughs> Are we gonna tell good sex stories? You're look. You're just <laughs> pointing at me like, do it. Well, I don't know. Why don't you tell me one and then I'll think about it. Oh gosh, now I have to think about it. Well, see, that's the thing. Good sex kind of at some point doesn't it kind of blur together and then just become associated with a person? Well, not necessarily because you can have very different experiences with different types of people. Um, but definitely a top 10 um, was actually in a, one of the things that I do for Autostraddle as well is do some of our anonymous sex toy reviews. Oh, fun. And so, um, and often they are sent to me by people. Sometimes it's just a thing that I kind of wanted an excuse to try. And so if I write a review about it, then I feel like, oh, it's okay that I bought a new sex toy because I used it for work, even though, you know, what I did was use it for fun and then turn it into a work thing after. Right. Um, and so there was this one toy, which is a big skin dildo. Big skin is silicone that feels a lot like skin, but yeah, yeah. like still feels like, I don't know, it's just really nice. Um, and it was a particularly challenging size. Okay. And <laughs> <laughs> I wish this was a video so people could see our facial expression. I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> You're looking all Tell cute. more. It was a, yeah, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and my partner had been kind of nervous about it because it was kind of weird that it was skin colored instead of like the normal preferred shade of neon green. Right. Um, and I had been kind of nervous about it because it was fucking enormous. And then... <laughs> I like how you've gone from a challenging size to fucking enormous <laughs> in the space of a few sentences. Well, it was both. Right. <laughs> and then we just kind of started to play with it. But I guess, I don't know if it was because we were going super slowly or if it was just because it was the mental, like, the mental challenge in addition to kind of a little bit of a physical one. Or if we just have really good sex together all the time, which is also definitely true. Um, and then it was just like, at one point it felt like it was going to be too big and we were just going really slow. And then five minutes later I came harder than I ever had in my life. <laughs> really? Well, that's Would a recommend. great story. All right. Thick that's skin. Just magic. Anyway. Yeah. You know, I'm not brave enough to share any of the, of good sex stories on the podcast. Really? I'm not. Here's the thing. Maybe I should. Should I be? No. Yes. I give away so you always, much. You can always give it away and then edit it out if you change your mind. Can I? Well, actually, the truth is I can't think about anything right now except the girl that I'm currently having sex with. <laughs> so it's too, it would be much too personal and specific. Um, but it's great. Is that okay that I don't have like a memory bank for good sex of the past? Yeah, that's totally okay. Is it? I'll, th I'll tr think harder about it. I just get very caught up in the moment. Well, there was one time, this isn't very detailed, but there was one time that uh, I remember waking up having sex with my partner who, like, nobody knows who initiated it. We just had gone to bed, and everybody was still kind of into something, and then we just, like, woke up having sex, and it was pretty amazing. That's really amazing. Yeah, and then actually. later we talked about it, like, how did this happen? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, Sleep sex. Yeah, so that was kind of cool. I realized as I was saying it that, you know, issues of consent are very important, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yes. But mm -hmm. uh, it was not really an issue. I can't do it, and I'm getting all shy. I'm sitting on your couch. I've come over to your house. How rude am I? Come right in. Tell me all about your sex life, I say. And you ask me simple return questions, <laughs> and I won't do it. Well, this is where we're at. Tell me more about toys. 
What do you want to know about toys? Tell me about toys you've reviewed and recommend. Oh, gosh. Well, um, should we just go down, like, types of toys and my reviews? Do you want to know my favorites? Do you want to know what yes. I have in my closet right now? What are the... You're really willing to give it up. This is, this is an amazing <laughs> dynamic that we have right now. I'm like, I'll say nothing. And you're like, I'll say anything. I'll just tell you all about which vibrator you should be buying. Oh, I don't like vibrators. Me, I don't like vibrators. Interesting. What um, don't you like about them? It just doesn't... I don't know. It just doesn't... It doesn't work for me. It doesn't click for me. It's too much. It's not necessary. Um, but I know a lot of people really do like them. Yeah. Let's put it out there. Let's put it out there to the podcast listening public. What vibrators do you recommend? I am a big fan of the We Vibe Touch. Is that the one that looks like, um, I'm kind of picturing it. Oh, no. It's like that's curved? No. Oh, shoot. Maybe it is. Or the Tango. We might have to pause it now. Should we pause and look yeah. it up? Okay, guys, we're going to look it up. Okay, so we're back. So Carolyn's looking this up. I will, I'm going to let you guys know that I, I'm not so withholding with Carolyn. We were just on pause, and I think we spent five minutes. I told you a couple of good sex stories. You did. They were very good stories. All right. Okay, so that's where <laughs> we're at, guys. But you don't get to hear them, guys, because it's too personal. I give you enough. Okay, here we go. So vibrators. Mm -hmm. um, for tiny and powerful, definitely the Weavide Tango, which is. Let me is, look at it. This is actually not the one. This is the one that I looked up to oh. remember the name of the correct one. Um, yes, I've about seen this thing. It's the size of a finger. Mm -hmm. It has one button on the end. It has an embarrassingly short 60-minute like battery time, which um, can be really unfortunate when you forget to charge it, say, before using it with somebody oh, or right. when you accidentally turn it on in your bag and don't notice, and then you go to use it, and it's just the worst. Yeah. Um, and there's no travel lock, which is not ideal. But for something that is very tiny, it's shockingly thuddy. And so, you know, most vibrators, especially little ones, will be very, like, surface-level vibration. They're very buzzy. Right. And this one, despite being pretty small, is super thuddy. Like, it feels a lot deeper. It feels, like, kind of rumbly or, like, heavier I love how you have language way. for vibrators. I would have never thought of this. But thuddy means something. I understand yeah. what you're saying. You can kind okay. of, like, imagine the, And so it's good for that. Um, in terms of... I don't know, just fun, weird toys. There is this line called the Stronic, um, and they have, and it's by Fun Factory, and there's the Stronic Eans, the Stronic Dre, and one other one that I can't remember. I feel like you're speaking a different language, like well, a future language. Well, it's a German language. company. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and instead of vibrating, they, they kind of pulse slash thrust. Um, I definitely had two for a while, and I could race them across surfaces because they're just kind of shooting forward. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> um, and did you did you race them across <laughs> surfaces? Yes, definitely. Okay. Um, the one that was less bumpy one, but I think it was just a matter of drag because it was you know smoother, so it could go farther. And the other one just kind of fell over a few times, which from a usage perspective was nice because I found it you know it had ridges and. I didn't really notice from a texture point of view that it had ridges, but it was nice because it stayed in place a little easier than the smoother one. Okay. Um, and they just kind of, they just go on their own, um, if you will. And then another fun company, I guess, is called Fucking Sculptures, which is like kind of small. <laughs> That's for everyone to know. I'm just like mouth agape like, uh-huh. What? <laughs> What's a fucking sculpture? A fucking sculpture is a handmade glass sex toy. Okay. And they really do look like art. Like they're really pretty. 
They come in, I think, six or seven different shapes. One of the shapes is very smooth, and some of the others are kind of have a rougher texture. I, in mine, I have to kind of clean it with a toothbrush because there's a few spots where it's a little bit rough or I would just put a condom on it if I felt lazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very, it's just sexy looking. Like, it's a sex toy, but it's also aesthetically pleasing in a way that Art, a like you could leave aren't. it on your shelf when mom comes over for brunch? Yeah. and, and Really? She, yes, actually. And she wouldn't know? Mm-mm, they don't look like dildos at all. Really? Yeah. Plus glass is really fun because, you know, it's either it's cool or room temperature. You can warm it up under like kind of warm water and yeah. Yeah. All right. These are great tips. Thank you. (laughs) What else would you like to know? This is amazing. (laughs) I don't know. We're going to end up here. What else would I like to know? Let's talk more about what you think um, makes good sex. Have we talked about that? We did a little. We said communication. Communication general compatibility on some sort of like i don't know obviously people who are kinky can sleep with vanilla people and that can work but yeah it's not really what both parties might be after and so even if it works a few times it's not a long-term solution um lots of lube oh <laughs> consent consent is sexy obviously duh consent is very important right. enthusiastic fucking consent all right let's talk about kinkiness I have to go to a comedy show really soon, but. What about kinkiness? What about kinkiness? What is my question? I want you to lead me through vanilla sex, through up, ramping up through some kind of kinkiness, extreme kinkiness. Maybe not extreme, because anything goes in the, in the land of extreme kinkiness, right? It's kind of hard to put boundaries on. Well, I think. Where it ends. I mean, I would argue that I mean vanilla sex is what it is and there's somewhat clear lines around it I suppose but what even falls into that realm these days that's what I'm wondering vanilla sex would that mean like no toys I guess it depends on who you are and what you think of as sex which is I mean I guess it's all really malleable um I have a friend who doesn't think that she has kinky sex very often but probably pretty much every time she has sex she's using at least one spreader bar somewhere right and usually like several like soft floggers um and she doesn't really consider that kinky it's just what she does and you know then there are some people (laughs) who think oh goodness you you use a strap on like that's that's too much for me and so it's sort of, and both of those people would argue that they're having vanilla sex, even though the actual level, quote, air quotes, um, around that would be very different. Um, and so there's not really, I don't know, there's not like a hierarchy or first you have sex with just your fingers and then you have oral and then you strap it on and then you have really rough anal and then you like fuck in a public place. And then somebody hits somebody consensually. <laughs> somebody and then hits somebody consensually. Somebody hits somebody a lot. Yeah. And then you use like resistance play and then somebody's tied up and then there's water. There's no like there's no it's not OK. First, we're going to do this and then we're going to do this and then we're going to do this. Yeah. And once we're up there, we're not going back. It's whole, you know. It's whatever you want it to be, I guess. This is why this is why I'm asking is because like not long ago I met someone that was like, oh, I'm interested in the kinkier side of things. And I was yeah. like, 
that could mean anything. Like, yeah, you have to I really ask them to away. define what they mean. <laughs> yeah, I really walked away from that going, well, like, what? What do you mean? Like, what's yeah. your idea of what kinky is? Yeah. Yeah. And what is your, and how does that idea fit into what you actually want to happen to you as well? Because as for opposed some people, to just like what you're thinking about, what you fantasize about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we got, uh, a you need help is like a column on autostraddle. And there's a question that I'm like, supposed to have answered already but anyway about two bottoms who are in one relationship together and both of them kind of want to have kinky sex and both of them kind of want to be topped but they really want to be together and neither of them wants to really step it up all the time and so like their question is basically how do you negotiate that sort of thing and oh my god what a wacky problem to have yeah well I mean it's probably super common I imagine I don't know how do they get this far with, I don't know. There tends to be, and I mean, maybe this is something to edit out, but there tends to be a lot of questions from people who just don't want to ask for what they want or who, even though they know that they can't get what they want from their partner, just want to go ahead anyway. Like, oh, I'm poly and kinky, and you're telling me that you're really monogamous and really vanilla, and we still like each other so we're gonna still try and be in a relationship even though we have a base and compatibility that right even though but anyway with them with the two who answered who asked the question um it was more i don't know that they had been together for that long necessarily they just kind of wanted to see how things were and whether there was a way to make it work and the key is basically that you have to read certain acts in certain ways on your own and it's true if you're like having sex or playing I guess because kink isn't always about sex with someone who has the same ideas of kink as you and it's true if you're playing with somebody who doesn't so for some people like my friend who uses floggers and doesn't consider that kinky the person that she sleeps with doesn't either and they're both in the same headspace and so it's fine Mm -hmm. or she might but same situation different people one of them could be like oh my goodness this is so hardcore this is the kinkiest thing ever and the other person could be kind of like oh yeah this is fine this is nice like this isn't too whatever I want it to be and they could be doing the exact same thing in the exact same situation and just both be viewing it a different way and so and you can kind of force that in your brain and so there's nothing I don't know is this making sense it's kind of making sense I'm I'm wondering what you're specifically recommending to these people that they that that they they pretend that somebody is going to have to like be a little bit more dominant sometimes and somebody's going to have to or going to get to in their case be more submissive sometimes Mm -hmm. but the person who is being dominant can pretend that they're not be in their head and it won't necessarily make a difference right but for example some people read fucking a person with a strap on as something that a top does Mm -hmm. but it is very possible and so in that scenario you know somebody is physically on top and somebody is physically on bottom and the person who is physically on top has the power in that moment and is like gonna fuck the crap out of the other person (laughs) and it's gonna be rough and it's gonna be lovely and whatever and you can still be doing those exact same actions yeah but and still be fucking the crap out of somebody but be in kind of a more submissive headspace about it like oh I am fucking you this way because you're ordering me to fuck you this way and so I am like you are the one with the power and so they both can just be in the headspace of oh gosh like you definitely have the power here I'm just like I'm just fucking you with this strap on the way that you want because you're the one who's in control and then the person receiving it can be as you know they're getting fucked so it's 
easy to be in a more submissive headspace about it. That's a and genius solution. That's a great solution. I thank you. Look at you solving <laughs> lives and problems. And you can just, yeah, you just go there in your head. And yeah. obviously consensually and obviously talking about it so that everybody knows what's going on. Um, and everybody is being responsible about it and taking care of what they need or whatever. Yeah. But for the most part, yeah, you can just like get yourself there. Man, I don't want to go. We have to go. I have to go. I have to go do comedy now. Do you have to be there early? I mean, it's only a 10-minute walk away. Is it only? Th- yeah, I do have to be there early. Um, and we have another thing to do that I didn't tell you about. Oh, goodness. So for right now, I'll just like say goodbye. We'll say goodbye. Let's say this is part one. This could be part one. The question was only tiny. The question was, what's the worst sex you've ever had? It was just a quick story. And then I realized I had way more questions. And apparently a bunch of shyness. So this is going to be interesting. Yeah, we can do this again. I'm up for it. All right, great. Well, thanks for being here. My pleasure. Summer, fall, winter, spring. It's always good to learn a thing. Summer, fall, winter, spring. It's always good to learn a thing. Summer, fall, winter, spring. It's always good to learn a thing. Summer, fall, winter, spring. It's always good to learn a thing. Okay, guys, we're going to learn a thing. Let me say this. When I turned off the podcast, um, I said, you could be, it could be anything. And Carolyn said, I don't have any other skills. It has to be a sex thing. So <laughs> we're going to learn a sex thing. Um, so I guess to fist somebody. <laughs> Here we go, listeners. You will need yeah. a bunch of lube, just so much lube. Okay. Possibly a glove, latex, or if your partner has a latex allergy, nitrile. Okay. Make sure your lube is water-based um, and a very consensual, willing partner. And probably it has to be kind of warm and relaxed and whatever other sex toys you need should be around. And you kind of start by putting your fingers inside of them. Um, for the purposes of this, we are going to say that you are trying to fist a person who has a vagina and you sort of, you know, you add one or two fingers and while you're there, you're kind of playing with their clit and you're doing whatever else feels nice. Maybe you're using your mouth, et cetera, et cetera. Can I just say, I just remembered my mom sometimes listens to the podcast. Oh gosh, I'm sorry. No, it's cool. She likes it. Okay. Keep going. Hi, DM, mom. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so you slowly start adding more <laughs> fingers using lube and communication as necessary. Um, You wanna make sure that your partner is really relaxed. And then at a certain point, after you have four fingers inside of them, you kind of make the motion akin to reaching into a Pringles container. Like it sort of looks like a duck if you're like making a little shadow puppet duck or definitely, yeah, the Pringles, the classic Pringles reach fingers. Um, And then you just kind of ease your way in there and Sometimes, obviously, it doesn't happen when people are not, and it's never personal, you know. Um, and sometimes it works, and they just kind of suck your fist in. Mm-hmm. And then you just make very slow, tiny movements, because any movement you make at that point is going to be intense. There's no, like, kind of punching them in the uterus right. motion required. It's just, like, very small. I'm gesturing. I know you're gesturing. It's great. <laughs> and then... When they have had enough and you're ready to come out of them, you go very, very slowly and you slip two other fingers up kind of next to your wrist to sort of break the suction because otherwise you might be, quote, stuck because there's just a lot of suction there. And then you can slowly withdraw your hand after breaking that seal. And then you have fisted somebody and then you can high five.
Guys, that's how you fist. <laughs> now you know. If you were wondering, do it. Take off the glove to high five or just high five, glove and all. Follow your heart, really. That's what it's all about, guys. Just follow your heart. Follow your heart. Okay, guys, so that was it. Could you hear the smiling throughout the podcast? Am I sorry that I didn't share more personal sex stories with you a little bit? I do it one-on-one. If we if we chat and you have a question for me, I am happy to be open with you. But just stop up, guys. The whole pot the whole podcast? It's too much. It's too much. But Carolyn was lovely and so open. And now we all know how to fist. What a guys, it's all happening for us. Let me do some quick thank yous before we run out of <laughs> before we run out of outro music. Thank you to Mike Croza who made this particular outro music and the intro music. He's amazing. Thank you again to Patrick World. Now we have a theme song for Learn a Thing. Um, Charlie Sneaker made the cute little cartoon that's happening associated with this podcast. Paul Aflalo. He's the whole no more radio dude and my friend and he has an orange sweater and he looks so cute and he came with me to get tattoos and I love him. And Cassandra writes me a lot of emails. Thank you for that, Cassandra. And you guys... You guys. Oh, and, and you can always write to me at DN at No More Radio if you want to. Almost forgot to tell you that. Okay, thanks. Bye.